Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open. Off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keselowski's in line. Now he turns him. Both Team Penske cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now, here's your host, Mike Bagley. Everybody, welcome to another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we get ready to take a trip to Darlington, South Carolina, the PD region of South Carolina, as it were. There's a lot going on this week in the sport. We're capping off the list of NASCAR's 75 greatest drivers. We're going to salute them at Darlington this weekend. It's throwback weekend, so there's lots of paint schemes that are coming out and memories that are coming back to folks minds and they will be represented not only on the on the racetrack and with the paint schemes but obviously with a lot of conversation with the folks that will be chatting and visiting with us at Darlington this weekend and one of those individuals I actually had a chance to spend time with Mario Andretti will have his 1967 Daytona 500 winning paint scheme remembered 
by Nick Sanchez and Rev Racing. It'll be on display in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series race on Friday night. It was a thrill to chat with Mario. Been a fan of his for years. He's such a classy guy. And uh, I joked with him in the interview. He's like Dick Clark of Motorsports. He's ageless. And uh, as you'll hear from this interview, he wouldn't mind saddling up and going for one more time in NASCAR. Let's flash back here. My visit with racing legend Mario Andretti. Did you get a lot of grief from the IndyCar folks when you came to run NASCAR back in those days? Not really. No, no, no. Because, uh, you know, you had, uh, you know, why did I, you know, was I attracted also to NASCAR? Because, uh, you know, drivers like A.J. Foyt, you know, and Parnelli Jones, you know, they were, they were, um, there were other, some other IndyCar drivers in NASCAR, you know, and, and I said, well, they're doing it. I want to do it too. You know, I want to have the opportunity and, uh, uh, at that time, the relationships that I had, obviously, uh, and to be able to do with a top team, you know, with uh, Holman and Moody was also, you know, a big plus for me. And, you know, John Holman was f fantastic for me in every way. You know, he was not, a, you know, a technical guy, but he, he certainly uh, tried to help in, in every way, you know, and doing other things like he got with Al Wilson, you know, to build a race engine for me, you know, and uh, uh, because... <laughs> And, you know, whatever was supplied, you know, that was, that's, that's another long story. But old Waddell, you know, he was my man. And I didn't find out until much, much later that's who did it. So, uh, like you see, uh, I got some, uh, a lot of people to thank for there. Yo, know, Waddell loved himself some power back in those days, and he wasn't you afraid to believe it. <laughs> he, he gave it to me. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I was cupping tires, you know, for the race, you know, with the race engine. And I was uh, I was running a little bit quicker than what Curtis Turner was on pole, you know. But the, like I said, the car was a bit loose. But I figured oh, I'm gonna I'll live with that as long as the car is fast. <laughs> loose is fast, my friend. You know, we uh, we we've had the opportunity to see uh, our drivers run the Indy 500 and then come back and run the Coca-Cola 600 on Memorial Day weekend. That's not happening in 2023. But next year, Kyle Larson has already. Uh, put himself down to run the 500, then run the 600. What are your thoughts on dry on a driver running both of those races on the same day back to back? Well, it's daunting, obviously, no question about it. But uh, you know, I take a little bit of credit for encouraging some of the NASCAR drivers, like the Allisons and uh, even Kelly Arbor and so on and so forth, to come to Indy because you know I befriended all those guys. I mean, you know, motor racing. No matter what you do, you know, it's still a, a small family, so to speak. And, um, you know, I made a lot of good friends there, obviously. And, uh, and, and, and again, you know, by us in the car drive going there, and then, of course, we encourage the other side. But uh, now, going back to your question, you know, to have uh, these two races, uh, you know, on the same, you know, the same basic day, uh, whew, I mean, uh, that's a big job. I, um, uh, I I have uh, a lot of respect for anyone that's, that's doing. I know that my uh, my nephew John was the first one to to, to try to do it. Uh, you know, when you're with the top team, however, you know it, it makes the situation you know uh, a lot better, uh, more interesting. Uh, uh, you mentioned you know just uh, uh, Kyle Larson. I mean. Uh, 
if anybody could do something, something good there, it's him. Uh, I mean, I, uh, I I think the talent there is immeasurable, in, in you know, with this with this guy. And um, uh, again, it'll bring so much interest, you know, into the sport anyway. So it's good for the sport. And um, and it's, you know, it's, it's like I said, it, it's quite a bit challenge for, for anyone. But why not? You know, why not? <laughs> Why not? We'll find out in 2024 just how well he'll do running, obviously, in Indy and then running the Coca-Cola 600. I know a good friend of yours is Joey Logano, fellow Paisan. Uh, he has gotten the honor of being named one of NASCAR's 75 greatest drivers. What do you what do you think about that? And what do you what do you make about Joey and his successes here in NASCAR and the friendships that obviously have been cultivated between the two of you? Well, I'll sum it up. He deserves it. I think he really does. I mean, you're twice national champion, you know, and uh, to, to be a winner, consistent winner, um, and one, you know, Daytona 500, you know, he's right up there with the best, and yes, absolutely, he belongs there. And uh, uh, I wish I had the opportunity to just to break the news to him myself. It just some somehow it didn't work out because some of my commitments, uh, you know. But uh, nevertheless. Uh, you know, I just saw Denny Hamlin is another one that's getting in. Now and then, you know, we keep getting the idea, you know, just who's going to be part of it. Uh, uh, but it's, it's a great thing, you know, the NASCAR is doing that. At, uh, these, these young, these talents just deserve to be recognized like that. I think it's a beautiful thing. You know, this just dawned on me. Um, you know, you're you're still a young man. Do you have one left in you? You want to come run one more NASCAR race? I mean, you're ageless, Mario. You're like the Dick Clark of motorsports. Come on, I know you got at least one left. Well, I don't know. Uh, uh, just get somebody to ask me. You know, who knows? Oh, we can make that happen now. Don't tease us like that because well, I'm sure... I, I told you I never retire from anything. I just sort of moved, moved on, but I... Officially, I never retire from anything. All right, we're going to make a note of this. We're going to start beating the bushes in the garage area, see if we can get you a ride coming up. Any track in particular that you, that if if it were possible, is there any place that you would like to race again or for the first time? Oh, you know, it, it, I, it doesn't matter. You know, it, you could take a road course or you could take a, a super speedway. Uh, I think uh, probably... Super speed would probably give me the best chance to get knocked around a little bit. <laughs> we don't want that. We want you back in one piece. <laughs> we don't need all that. That's awesome. That would be great. I know there's a lot of race fans that would definitely pay to see that, but we understand your calendar is full, especially right now in the month of May. We appreciate you making time for us and uh, joining us. We wanted to reconnect with you and we wanted to draw attention that that beautiful paint scheme from 1967, that Holman movie car that Nick is going to have on the track on Friday. Love it. Love it. What a cool guy. He is absolutely unbelievable. He is such a wonderful human being, talented race car driver, a great ambassador for motorsports. And I uh, can't wait to visit with Mario in person this weekend at the Darlington Raceway. Now, before we get to what's happening in Darlington, going to take you ahead next weekend. Remember, it's All-Star Weekend, and we're going back to North Wilkesboro. First time we've raced there since 1996. It's going to be a very worn-out racetrack. That racetrack has not been repaved since 1984. The racing surface will be 39 years old, and that's going to test a lot of folks. A lot of hands are going to be full. 
So we figured we'd pause for a moment and we would do a little refresher course. Since the last time we raced was in 96, track came online. It was one of the original NASCAR tracks. We figured we would put together the greatest hits of North Wilkesboro. It seems that any memorable rock band from the 1980s or 90s has a greatest hits album. And most of the songs stir feelings of nostalgia. For NASCAR fans, when it comes to nostalgia, North Wilkesboro Speedway is no different. And while North Wilkesboro's history stretches all the way back to the late 1940s, for this two-disc set, we focus on the era when we here at the Motor Racing Network had the privilege of broadcasting races from the Wilkes County, North Carolina landmark from 1984 to 1996. First up, the fall of 1988 and the Holly Farms 400. That race showcased what made North Wilkesboro the quintessential short track as Rusty Wallace and Jeff Bodine engaged in close quarters racing, with Wallace coming out on top in the closing laps. Rusty's car comes off the corner, wigging and wagging just a bit as the white flag flies. One more lap around as Jeff Bodine is right in behind Rusty Wallace. Wallace's car nearly spins. Bodine has the opening of the inside. It's a battle in the backstretch. Side by side. The edge, though, to Bodine as they come into turn number three. Bodine has the lead. Now he goes sideways. Tapped by Rusty Wallace. They're side by side. I tell you what, we saw it at Bristol. When it breaks out, it's an epidemic. Elliot comes off the corner, totally hung out, wheel smoking on that car, checkered flag is out. Rusty Wallace will win the Holly Farms 400. What happened over in, in turn two when you got underneath Rusty? Did he did he spin in front of you? Well, he you know, he was uh, protecting his lane and he went in the corner, got a little sideways and I bumped him and that got him more sideways and allowed me to slip back underneath him. Uh, going into three, I'm not sure what happened. Uh, I thought I had to think one and just going in there real nice and easy and low. Next thing I was sideways, so uh, I think I ended up third. <laughs> That's yeah. the bad part about it. It was a tight last lap. There's no doubt about that. You know, uh, uh, Jeff ran a super race, and so did uh, Darrell Waltrip and Jeff Bodine. And I tell you, Ricky Rudd really had a good car, but. Uh, we brought the Kodiak Pontiac home number one. You know, that's what it's all about in this Winston Cup chase. And uh, uh, that's a close race, a little closer than I like, but, you know, you got to get the job done. One year later, Bodine was involved in another classic North Wilkesboro moment. This time, he found himself running third, having a front-row seat for an intense battle between Dale Earnhardt and Ricky Rudd. Earnhardt led when the field took the white flag, but an incident occurred on the final lap that many believe ruined Earnhardt's chances of winning the 1989 Winston Cup Championship. They make contact again. Rudd is there. White flag. They go door to door off into turn number one, but the lap car of Bobby Hillen, they get together in the middle of the corner. They spin. They go into the outside wall. Earnhardt hits the wall. Rudd hits the wall. And scooting through is Jeff Bodine, and he is going to win the Holly Farms 400 here this afternoon. Bodine working through turns number three and four. There is caution on the speedway. The checkers are out for Jeff Bodine. Mark Martin finishes second. Lobanti third, Harry Gant fourth, Morgan Shepard will finish fifth, sixth place will be Bill Elliott over seventh place Rusty Wallace, eighth place will go to Ernie Irvin, but you could kind of see that one coming as two cars, Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt, were battling for the lead, and they did that slow spin between turns one and two, and it was though the Red Sea had parted for Jeff Bodine, who works his way through the race traffic and picks up the victory here at North Wilkesboro. Oh, what a finish. Caught up with uh, Ricky Rudd. Ricky, it came down to you and Dale Earnhardt again. And tell us what happened. Well, I hated it happened. You know, Dale had a good car all day. His car faded. I don't know if he had a flat tire or what on that last restart. He couldn't seem to get going. 
uh, going out the front stretch, we come up on a lap car, and I just dove to the inside, and I don't, he came down on me. We got together. I don't really know exactly what happened, but uh, we crashed down there in turn one. Dale Earnhardt, you and Ricky Rudd racing. You went down in the first turn, and tell us what happened. Well, he had already, you know, knocked the sideways there before that caution come out, and first time he got to us, and I got a little loose off four, and he got to, you know, come to the white flag, and yeah, I knew he was under me, so I gave him the bottom. Hell, he just knocked me out and spun me out, took us both out. And, you know, that's a pretty bad deal. I, you know, I think they ought to find him and spin him and race to you. You know, that's pretty bad. That wasn't even a, we don't, wasn't even rubber nothing. He just spun us both out. As the sport entered the 90s, many of the same players remained a factor at North Wilkesboro, with Dale Earnhardt once again playing a role in the 1991 Holly Farms 400. That day, Harry Gant was looking to make history by breaking the modern era Cup Series record with a fifth consecutive victory. Mr. September, as Gant was known, looked like he was well on his way to that achievement until the Intimidator took over with less than 10 laps to go. It bumped just a little bit coming through the corner and Earnhardt has to let off the car as both of them got a little bit sideways. Dale makes the move on the outside this time. He is there door to door with Harry Gavin. This is for the lead off turn two. It's got the inside line covered, a fender out in front, but into turn three, Earnhardt goes by and takes the lead. Boy, Earnhardt went by like he was shot, as we say, right out of a cannon. Coming down to take the white flag in the Tyson Holly Farms 400. He's got it heading off into turn number one. Harry Gant some eight or nine car lengths back and Earnhardt is about to break the streak that Harry Gant has had going for the last four weeks. He's heading for turn three. Goodrich Chevrolet riding all alone for the final time. Uphill in the turn number three right at the bottom of the racetrack. He's off turn four on the way to the checkered. And now the Dale Earnhardt fans say it is our turn to start a streak as Earnhardt wins the Tyson Holly Farms 400. Gant is second. The next time the series visited, the track played witness to one of the most determined performances in the sports history. The week prior, Davey Allison had sustained broken ribs in an accident at Bristol Motor Speedway. Allison nevertheless suited up for 400 laps on the demanding North Wilkesboro layout and outdueled Rusty Wallace on the way to victory lane. Davey Allison has to take the high ride around the corner this time. White flag for Davey as he works back to turn number one. Rusty Wallace has about three quarters of a lap to see what he can do with the leader, Davey Allison. This time, Davey blocks off an inside lane, so Rusty can't make the move to the inside of the racetrack. Nose to tail at the end of the back straightaway. Rusty right as well as bumper looking to the inside for a chance to get by. Wallace looks to the inside, but Davey Allison has the momentum and the lead and the win in the first Union 400. That's just about as close to racing probably as you have done in your career in the last five or six laps and uh, you see somebody coming up on you that way and the old car, I know, starts slipping and sliding. It's hot and tiresome and uh, especially with your entries. What do you think? Do you think he's going to make it or you think, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with this guy? Well, well, Dick, I didn't know if I was going to make it or not. I, I had some leg cramps there on that last caution flag and I didn't know if I was going to be able to, to operate my left foot on the brake or not. But, you know, looking up in the mirror and seeing Rusty coming, he's a tough competitor and I knew he was going to race me clean and if I just held my line... It was going to be tough for him to get around. The racetrack got real greasy, real slippery. Everybody was spinning the tires coming off the corner, and we just spun them a little bit less than the rest of them today. While that effort was noteworthy, some might even say gutsy, in the fall of 1994 came a performance that can best be described as dominant. Jeff Bodine started 18th but wasted no time in getting to the front. Bodine led 334 of 400 laps on his way to the checkered flag. And today, he still ranks as the last driver to win a NASCAR Cup Series race 
by lapping the entire field. White flag for the leader, Jeff Bodine. He's in turn one. Let's follow him around the racetrack. Jeff Bodine again comes up off the bottom groove and turns one and two. Streaks down the back straight away for the very last time. A close up of a couple of lap cars. Jeff Burton and Jimmy Hensley directly ahead. Here's Bodine for the final time off turn four. Coming to lap 400 and his third win of the 1994 season. Dominating fashion today for Jeff Bodine. Why was this car so dominant today, Jeff? Uh, it's Exide, it's Ford, and it's got Hoosiers on it, that's why. <laughs> and it's got a great team working on it. This is the same car we had last week at Martinsville. Uh, we could have done the same thing last week. I got bumped, uh, we had a flat tire, messed the suspension up, we didn't run good after that. Same car here today, though, and you saw what it did. It was really good. One year later, the racing was much more competitive, as a record for lead changes at North Wilkesboro was set with 28. Ultimately, it would be Mark Martin scoring his second Wilkesboro victory. Mark Martin down out of turn number four, takes the white flag. Crowd jump to their feet, cheer him on as he goes down into the corner. He's going to just about catch the tail end of the field on this final lap around. He's off turn two. He's not going to have to worry about pushing anything here at this stage of the event. Halfway down the back, straight away, Mark Martin for the final time. Drops it into turn number three. He's on his way to a win. For Martin, it will be win number three of the 1995 season. Congratulations, Mark Martin. It was a, I guess we don't really always run that great here and I think we made a mistake or had an accident today because this car was super. I usually really tear up the rear tire, burn up the rear tires and uh, so the first half of the race I babied the thing along and the thing seemed like it's going to stay under us so uh, after about halfway we just let her out uh, and the guys gave me a great pit stop when it counted and I just want to thank, you know, the Valvoline Cummins Ford Bunch and uh, the guys have practiced their pit stops. And they cranked them out today, and that made the difference. Uh, good handling car and good pit stop. Regrettably, 1996 marked the final year for Cup Series competition at North Wilkesboro, but the farewell tour was one for the books. In the spring, Terry Labonte made history when he tied Richard Petty's record of 513 consecutive starts in the Cup Series. The Iceman, who was sporting a special silver paint scheme in honor of the occasion, made the day even more special when he drove to Victory Lane. One more chance, one more lap around for Jeff Gordon. White flag comes out for Terry Labonte. We'll watch him go down into turn number one. Labonte protects the inside groove. Gordon can't get underneath him there. They're out of turn two. All Jeff Gordon can do is follow his teammate this time. Down the back straightaway, he is right there within the room to take advantage if the lane is opened up, but it's not. Gordon falls in line, follows the tire tracks for the last time of Labonte. But Gordon will not be able to do anything with Terry Labonte. His car breaks loose off of turn number four, and Terry Labonte is going to start consecutive race 513 and finish it in fine style. He'll be in victory lane as winner of the first Union 400. And while the Cup Series left the track behind in the fall of 1996, again, just like any 80s or 90s rock legend, a comeback tour was inevitable with North Wilkesboro Speedway once again stepping into the national spotlight for the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series All-Star Race. Oh, what a trip down memory lane that was. Can't wait to create more memories when we return to North Wilkesboro next weekend for the NASCAR All-Star Race. You can hear all of that coverage right here on the Motor Racing Network. That will include the Tyson 250 for the tough trucks of NASCAR. We'll have qualifying heat races and the All-Star Open and the race. That'll be one week from Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern time for the All-Star Race. And, of course, the trucks the day before on that Saturday We'll be talking more about it during this week's broadcast from Darlington. 
And, of course, on next week's NASCAR Live and NASCAR Live Wide Open right here on the Motor Racing Network. But we do have unfinished business to tend to, and that is the odds piece for this weekend's race at Darlington, the Goodyear 400. Producer Trey is with us. Trey, what's Las Vegas saying as we gear up for our return to the Lady in Black? Well, Mike, when you think of Darlington in recent years, the guys who tend to have a ton of speed there, the top two are probably the guys who just contended for the race this past weekend in Kansas. Kyle Larson is the betting favorite to win this weekend at 5-1. to one. Right behind him, Denny Hamlin at 6-1. to one. A lot of people remember their classic battle in the Southern 500 just a couple of years ago. And then right behind them is the driver who probably would have won the Southern 500 last fall if it weren't for mechanical trouble late in the race, Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr. is plus 750 or 7.5-1. If you ask me who I'm going with this weekend, I think Kyle Larson finally gets it done. Kyle Larson has shown a ton of speed at Darlington in the past. We know he can rip around the high side and run very well at that track. I mean, this past weekend at Kansas, it looked like it was going to be a Toyota show. At one point, I think they were six of the top seven cars in the race. Larson gets spun out early, comes back, and almost wins the race. So if you're looking at the Chevys to compete with the Toyotas on these intermediate tracks, it's Larson, Byron, and Chastain versus the Toyotas. I think Larson wins this weekend on throwback weekend, sporting a Tony Stewart throwback. If you're looking for long shots, there are two that are very interesting. I mentioned the Southern 500, the driver who ended up winning that race, Eric Jones, great average finish at Darlington, his best of any racetrack. He's 40 to one to win the Goodyear 400 this weekend. And then another driver who tends to find himself up front near the end of these Darlington races, almost won the Southern 500 a couple years ago. Austin Dillon is 100 to one to win this weekend. So a 100 to one long shot and a 40 to 1 long shot in Dylan and Jones. I like flyers on those, but ultimately, I'm going with the betting favorite, Kyle Larson, to win the Goodyear 400 at 5 to 1. Makes total sense. However, there is one thing that separates him from doing that, and that's 400 miles around the Darlington Raceway. Those walls will reach out and bite you in a heartbeat. We'll see how it all shakes out in what will be a very busy weekend here on the Motor Racing Network. Trey, by the way, thank you for those odds this weekend. We've got a triple header coming your way. The Buckle Up South Carolina 200 for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series Motor Racing Network airtime tomorrow night, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We're back for a double on Saturday. We'll have pole qualifying and practice coverage for you at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. We'll have the NASCAR Xfinity Series Shriners Children's 200 at 1. And then we're back on Sunday with NASCAR Live Race Day and the Goodyear 400, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Man, I can't wait to get to Darlington. It's always a fun weekend. Hope you're going to be there. Hope to visit with a lot of you. If you can't, count on us here at the Motor Racing Network to bring it all to you. For producer Trey and the rest of the MRN team, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to get to Darlington. We'll talk about it all next week and also the All-Star Race coming up as well. Appreciate the download. Check us out early and often, and we'll speak again soon. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com.